we've all made that mistake. I've tore cars apart and then yeah. with grand plans with, you know, I don't know where the money's coming from. <laughs> I don't know what parts I'm going to use. All I know is I, it's going to be crazy. Mm. And what ends up being crazy is it gets put on a trailer and goes to garbage dump. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Modify with Trick Factory Customs. If this is your first time watching, uh, we are a custom automotive shop here in Coquitlam, British Columbia, Canada, and we build really awesome cars. And so we started a podcast about talking about really awesome modified cars and other topics. And so if this is your first time watching, uh, give this video a thumbs up if you can on YouTube. If you're listening to it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts from, just try to give it a five-star rating so we can move up uh, in ratings and so more people can see our glorious content. So with that said, we are just going to dive right in. My name is Elvis. Tim. I'm Rob. Awesome. And uh, with that said, on today's topic, we are going to be discussing rookie mistakes when building a project car oh my. because uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be cool because we've all built project cars. We all still have project cars and, mm -hmm. uh, and this is not you guys' first rodeo. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> so we're just going to be, uh, th there are some, th there are some common things I think that people face whenever they're diving into project car without experience or, and so we're just going to talk about all of that. But before we get started, what have you guys been up to all week? Oh, okay, well, I'll start. I've been chasing parts for the Evil Evo. Rob's been doing a lot of work on that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Our two EV builds and then a bunch of discussion about our Benz builds and mm. getting parts together for that because ultimately those pieces are going to trickle down to the other Benzes. Yep. So it's been a busy week of that kind of stuff. Yeah, awesome. And again, if you haven't checked out our full channel, this is your first time listening to us. We have another YouTube channel. It's Trick Factory Customs, and that's our full channel where we you can go into detail on all our builds. We have the our new Lambo swapped Tahoe build there too. We just posted the video, and we have his Evo and a bunch of stuff. Have you said what you were up to all week yet? Well, Tim kind of alluded oh, to okay. it, and like kind of you know, I I've been working on the Evil Evo. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of that amongst a couple of other things, but mostly the evil Evo we're, we're, you know, we're evolving it and we're upgrading it and we're kind of like, I think I, it's the parts I'm, mule I'm, right now. It yeah, kind of yeah. is. It's, it's a development <laughs> tool and it kind of always has been, mm -hmm. always will be. And yeah, we, I mean, we got a couple of other 190 motor swaps coming up, builds, full builds, and might as well figure some things out on, on Tim's car. Yeah. Awesome, so, but we're almost done on that. I, we're we're about to wrap up all the the mods and development stages that we're in on that. We're gonna take it out on the street right away. So yeah. So in the next few weeks, hopefully, yeah. We are and then after that, once we shake it down in that in that respect, we're just gonna we're taking it straight to a dyno, and we're gonna see any kind of shortcomings, any failings, anything that we need to develop further, because I'm sure there's probably gonna be a lot. I mean. Yeah. No, you I mean, think it's going to be well, perfect? I, no, <laughs> okay. I, 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 that's good. I, I, good I, have a, I have a sneaking suspicion we're going to be dealing with like heat management and things like that. I mean, th this this is an engine that's capable of 1,600 horsepower. It's fully built for that. And I believe it's, it's safe to assume that if we start pushing into numbers like that, we're going to be, we're going to be melting some shit. Mm. There's going to be some glowing red underneath that bonnet, that hood yep. it'll be good for content so <laughs> and so yeah that's this this is this is a way for us to sort of like dig into it i mean we have a couple of different solutions for a couple of the problems that we foresee 
and we'll just decide on what we're going to do. But anyways, I mean, long story short, Evo, it's been fun. Yeah. It's been a good week. Sweet. With that said, uh, we're just going to dive right in and get started. So rookie mistakes when building a project car. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so like I mentioned earlier, um, a lot of people are always building cars. Uh, sometimes it might be the first time. And I'm sure you guys also remember the first project cars you ever had. Oh, yeah. And so just take us back and as to what pitfalls or things that you encountered while you were building that. Mm. Go ahead, Tim. I would say probably I was smarter when I was younger. Wow. He just, just went there. Oh. Okay, cool. <laughs> just because it was the only car I had. So anything I didn't couldn't have downtime. Mm. But once you have another car, that's when the mistakes start happening. <laughs> like as soon as you get over ambitious, yeah. that's when you like the single biggest mistake I would say right off the hop is taking your car apart before you have parts or have oh. money. Oh. Like right away. Yeah. So, or yeah, like or like dismantling to an extent that is far beyond necessary. <laughs> like, I mean, we all have stories. We know people that like to dismantle things right down to taking the freaking arms out of a clock <laughs> from the dash in your car. Like what? Like you, you don't need to dismantle to that level unless you absolutely have to. And certainly not. Don't do it until you have to do it. Yeah. But it's all potential in the beginning. So I you know, get excited. It's fun. It's and you like, want to take oh. it apart. Yeah. We had a car that was taken apart 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. A project that came in and it was had five owners in the interim. And whoever took it apart, they didn't just take the car apart. They took the parts apart. <laughs> <laughs> and it literally made it so much worse. So, like, I have intimate knowledge of, like, reassembling door handles oh, no. and all kinds of wild things. Reassembling a door handle. Yeah, because they didn't just take the door handle off. They, they took, took the door lock, handle off and then cylinder. took the door handle off. Oh, apart. my gosh. So, so I, that, I feel like you're probably, you're talking about the 60 Impala. Yeah, the 60 Impala. Oh, no. Like, and then another thing on the 60 Impala is this car wasn't even a car yet. Like, they had com- absolutely, completely disassembled it mm-hmm. right down to nothing. And the reason why we know when they disassembled it, which is probably a couple of years prior, is the chrome plating that they did the chrome plating before they even had a car. <laughs> so the chrome plating was wrapped in like newspapers from 1985. Oh my God. Did it survive? So why you felt like if, if you oh, didn't okay. have a car, why are you chrome plating things before you even have a car to put it on? Excitement. They but I mean, I think that- it that definitely plays into this topic though it's right? the shiny parts it's the it's the <laughs> hype it's the excitement you're like oh my god i'm gonna tear everything apart i'm gonna get everything redone you don't even know if it fits yet yeah true you know yeah so that's i'd say that's the biggest mistake number one. Oh, okay is tearing your car apart yeah and i made that mistake too how's your uh, car coming <laughs> well, i made that mistake too i know oh it's still in pieces it's yeah because i found rust Oh, no, initially it was a nice, it was okay. And I could have driven it. Like I was already mostly, I did it the reverse too, because I was going to do an LS swap to my 1972 Jaguar XJ. Um, I put the engine in it, uh, started the wiring, and then I made the mistake of, I don't know if it's a mistake, but I was like, oh, I'm just going to check underneath the f- carpets and see what's <laughs> lurking remember, under there. I remember having this conversation <laughs> with you. <laughs> I opened it because it was a California car, so I never thought to check. Yeah. I opened it and I was very surprised that there was, uh, it 
some some parts hadn't it wasn't a full-on hole in the floor but you could see water had got into the carpet area and like starting to like eat off a lot of the metal there mm-hmm. and so but if you use like a, a screwdriver and just poke the hole <laughs> straight through <laughs> so yep after that i decided to just i was like i'm just gonna send it initially i was like i'm just gonna do the floors it's gonna be fine as i started ripping off the carpet i was like oh, i might as well do the the dash it took up took that apart i was like i've already gone far <laughs> enough take off the roof of the I, i'm almost there i mean take off all the seats so now it's uh, just a bare chassis <laughs> 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 so oh i don't know even know what to do uh yeah and i'm just like okay like i've almost lost not almost lost hope for it but it's like i don't even know where any of that stuff even goes back into because it's like one of those things where like when i was younger i used to put, i used to take things apart a lot and i'll take the things apart a lot and then when i put it back together you're missing like five bolts and ten circuits and you're like oh i don't know where this goes throw it away and start it and then you blow up something mm. so that was what that is kind of what's happening with this jack now and so i'm almost like starting to throw away stuff because i'm like i'm just might as well just build everything from scratch and it just keeps spiraling and spiraling <laughs> yeah so <laughs> yeah and, and that's unfortunate because like like you you're you're pretty new to the mm-hmm. game you know customizing yep. full build like it's new to you and everything that that represents but like and so at this point your project is almost a lost cause yeah. <laughs> like it, like honestly because if if you don't have like the the space to do it you don't have the the money or the the materials and the parts or even like really i mean the game plan yeah oh, right at the very beginning important. like you need yep. to have like an outline of what you're where mm-hmm. you're going with it yeah if you don't have all that in place i mean once you when you get to a point like you are in your project right now I can imagine you must be just your head must be spinning. There's so many like, things too, like disappointment and yeah. like and just like like heartache. I'm almost like, I'm like, why did I do this yeah. to myself? Like, no, <laughs> yeah, should have left that carpet down there. <laughs> yeah, I know, I agree, and also speaks to your point too of having a plan. Yeah. So when you guys build, like, how do you guys usually go about it? Like knowing all the stuff you have. Because even for, I know for the Skylark now, I found you doing some measurements. But like, if you're doing a build that's going in depth, do you always have a plan for the build or no? You have to yeah. have a plan. For the ones always. that we're doing, you have to have a plan. Because yeah. there's so many stages and you got to, it takes probably, it takes a few projects to get it dialed in. Mm-hmm. Like knowing what you need, because a lot of times this stuff is expensive. So, and because the way parts progress now, there's like... The things you leave to the last is going to be like electronics and in-car entertainment because that stuff evolves so quickly. Mm-hmm. If you buy it at the front end, you got the old stuff mm-hmm. at the oh, back end. Oh, I see. Yeah. So like electronics, all that kind of stuff can wait to the end. Then all the big ticket stuff is like you buy it when you need it. And then you got to sort of, there's certain things that you need to work around. So we got to get this part so that we can build all this stuff. And then we got to get this part so we can build all that stuff. So it kind of plans itself out. And then the way we get to do it is we can take it to a certain point. We get it in the, you know, epoxy primer. We can take it to the upholstery shop. They can do all their stuff. So they're not climbing all over finished paint and all these different things. So like scheduling is a big part of it too. Oh, Like yeah. what's important? When is it important? What steps are going to help benefit the next guy? Because like 
no upholsterer wants to climb into a car that's got a fifty thousand dollar paint True. job on it, <laughs> scratching it, climbing in and out. They that's a be lot super of responsibility. Careful. Whereas if you do it now, like say like the wide body Porsche, you can climb in it, climb all over it. Upholstery will look amazing. We pull a couple things back, paint the car, boom, the thing's done and it's on its way. Whereas if you got some crazy paint job and then you got to try to pack seats in and out of it and a roll cage mm-hmm. and like it's crazy. So I'd say just even having a plan, your financial plan. Ooh. then your parts plan and then scheduling and of how you're going to actually get it all done so like we're lucky we have everything in the house so scheduling is kind of easy for us but not perfect because we do have other jobs but like mm-hmm. if you got to send your car out to upholstery there's things that you can be doing while it's at upholstery there's things you can be doing while it's at paint oh i see so when you're bouncing down so you can have certain things that you need ready when the car comes back yeah, but if you honestly, if you send it out for paint, you're not seeing it for two years. <laughs> you got lots of time. You'd be in painter's jail. <laughs> painter's jail. Yeah, and but I mean, and so like planning out your project right away. I mean, you need to ask yourself right off the hop, what's the end game with this project? Like, that's if, good. If you don't know where you want it to go, like whatever your your car, motorcycle, whatever it is, like if you build it for a specific purpose, you need to know what that is right off the beginning. Yep, because that's going to dictate like how far you go with whatever you're doing like and parts choice i mean it's it's a big part of it. and what you about need, like need to know. sticking to the plan versus going crazy because i'm sure we've i've seen it in the past few days Everything even posts. of like some customers that might come in and they're like oh, initially you're like oh yeah I, I want it this way but then they start seeing things maybe yeah. online and you're like oh shoot i can build it even crazier mm-hmm. and keep on changing things and modifying so how does that work with the plan these customers that we have now are very much if they come up with something like that, they'll go research it. They find out how much it costs and then see if it fits into the plan and then what their end use is. So like a perfect example of is like we've been going back and forth about putting portals on that the G-Wagon conversion. Yeah, the electric G-Wagon. So we start looking at dimensions. We start, you know, then it's like, OK, well, maybe to compensate for that, we can do this. But then when, if we do that, then we got to do this. So now we're putting Band-Aids on top of Band-Aids on top of Band-Aids. And then ultimately... <laughs> What are you going to use it for? Mm-hmm. Well, I, in reality, I want to use it for this. And it's like, okay, well, then we have to abandon that idea. Mm-hmm. As cool as it would be, it just doesn't make sense. And we got to, you know. So that's like another thing that for a lot of project cars is I see people get married to one part or one piece. Like, oh, I got these wheels cheap. And next mm-hmm. thing you know, they're trying to buy wheel adapters and they're cutting the fenders and they're yeah, doing all this kind of stuff. And then just spiraling so like, out of control. Having a solid plan is... And then working to that plan and being legitimate about what your end use is. Because you'll bend it to your will. And next thing you know, you got some mismatched piece of junk. (laughs) So I kind of went off on a tangent, jumped off. But like back to the original point, it's like you have to weigh all these things. So like even this G-Wagon, it's been here for a month. But in that interim, we've been like measuring parts. and Yes. On and off, going back and forth. We got a render being done then finding parts and where they're going to place and what it's going to take to actually use that part and how that part's going to integrate with all the other parts. Yeah. So it's like, those are the things. And then this morning, even we're at the engine builders, same thing. If you're going to use this, then we need to have at least this. And if you're going to do this, then it makes sense for us to do this. Or if you're just going to do this, you don't need to spend all the money on this. So that would be it. I'd say it's mostly the planning. And then you can always find reference of, Generally, we're always trying to emulate something, something that we've seen. So you can take that as a reference and financially work it backwards, put price tags to all that kind of stuff, and then that'll sort of fit into your scheduling and your budget. Because if you don't got 60 bucks in the bank, 
you probably shouldn't be looking at $47,000 engines. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's, mm -hmm. so you got to be realistic. And I think a lot of people aren't and they just tear stuff apart. Mm. And then even to go one step beyond that, they don't tear it apart properly. Like one thing that we learned, and I'm sure you've learned, is don't start cutting wiring harnesses and throwing oh, bolts gosh. away and oh, gosh. all this kind of, and then buying, PTSD. buying mm -hmm. stuff you don't need to buy. Yeah. Like a lot of times the part's great. You could just refinish it, reuse it. So why not put, you know, 40, 50, $60 into refinishing that part and making it look really nice beyond what the way it came instead of just buying another SOG one yeah. when you don't need to. True. It's so much wasted money when you can narrow your resources and focus on a part that you need to get that part in your car, move on to the next one. And if I had to give a piece of advice, I'd say do as many things to your car that you can while you're still driving it. Leave oh, that teardown okay. part to the <laughs> absolute last minute. Yeah. So don't make it on solid advice. That's, mm -hmm. that's a good way of going. Like we've all made that mistake. I've tore cars apart and then yeah. with grand plans with, you know, I don't know where the money's coming from. <laughs> I don't know what parts I'm going to use. All I know is I, it's going to be crazy. Mm. And what ends up being crazy is it gets put on a trailer and goes to garbage dump. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. devastating when that happens. It's interesting. You also mentioned uh, the bank account part of things. So if I was building a car, what do I usually budget towards? Because sometimes it might be hard to do without tearing into these parts of stuff you need or stuff you don't need. Well, you're going to be able to identify the big ticket items. Okay. So if you're trying to emulate somebody and it's like, find out research with that, like everybody's, I want 700 horsepower. Find out how much 700 horsepower costs. Yes. It's easy. You don't have to spend any money. You just jump on the internet and figure it out. And it's like, oh, okay, well, that's $23,000. <laughs> Where does that fit into my life right now? Mm -hmm. Like it's, you know, we've had opportunity to do crazy stuff, but it's, it's definitely timing. Like we were just having a conversation before this and it's like, how come your car's not done? It's like, well, we got to work. So many things. We got to make do. money. Yep. And then essentially you have to make extra money because we're not just here to work <laughs> and build cars just for the sake of building cars. And not like, live. Yeah. yeah. Like we all got families. We got wives. We got home lives that we got to pay for, like all this kind of stuff. So it's like, you got to see how it fits into that. And then yeah. it's just straight up time. Like even for us, like we have a lot of parts, but we just don't have time. No time at all. There's yeah. so, only so many hours in the day. So you got to be realistic about where you're going to find the time end the money and then start making a plan because yeah. you can get in over your head right away and you have a decent working functioning car and then you don't <laughs> so like how does that fit into your life too like you know what i mean like where are you going to keep this thing what are you going to do with it now it's dead and it's got this eyesore in the driveway <laughs> like it's horrible <laughs> yeah uh, so i don't know how that doesn't give people anxiety true it's almost like anytime you see it, it's almost like, oh, no, there I have to finish that. It's like yeah. PTSD for me. It's especially when I see the my Jag in my driveway. I'm always like there's just like that anxiety there that it's like, oh, shoot. And then there's another one. And speaking of which, what about uh, because I'm also guilty of this, of constantly just getting more cars as opposed to finishing <laughs> the previous it's, one? It's an easy thing to do. <laughs> like I saw a guy today. He's got a yard next to the engine builder shop. He's got like 25 cars in there, 30 cars in there. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You can't even finish one and you're buying more. But then, of course, you get one car and it's like, oh, this one's got rust in the floor. This one's clean, but the motor's blown up. <laughs> this one's got this. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. now you got three shit boxes mm -hmm. and you still don't have a plan. Like, it's, but you're saving money. 
You are saving money. You are saving money. <laughs> it's really difficult, Elvis. Like when you're talking about that, like it, it's really, really you get so excited about the new project. Oh yeah. Or you know, oh I can't wait. And you see anything. There's so many really great cars and just things out there. So much potential. So it just true. gets you fired right up. And like we all feed off of that. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to fall into the trap about like I'm just going to go and get that. But it's like, oh, actually, <laughs> and you look at that other one over there in the corner <laughs> that's rusting away and you're like, oh, man, I don't I don't want to get back in that. That sucks. Mm-hmm. But this one, oh, that's exciting and it's new and fresh. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a vicious, it's a vicious trap. Vicious cycle. Yes. Yes. I have my, I, I, I feel like I have my moments of that too because- yeah. Uh, yeah, I keep on, I'm like, oh, I buy this car. And even like, I, for a practical example, I bought uh, a Subaru and I was, I'm going to do like a body swap to another car, but I bought a Subaru initially for, I was going to buy a G35, but I was like, and I should have listened. My wife was like, oh, just wait. You can get it later. It's fine. You already have like five or six cars. I was like, no, I want to get it now. (laughs) And I was fired up. I got the Subaru and it was not as exciting as I thought it was because I also drove it for a while and it was not, I was like, and then the novelty started to almost wear off and I was like, okay, I'm selling it, sold it. And now take a moment to recognize that I told you that. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, multiple okay, people on. told me. <laughs> so, uh, live and yeah, learn, right? a trend. Yep. Yeah. I have learned. And it's like, it's also an interesting thing that I'm also learning too. It's like to not compromise on things. That's what I'm also trying to learn because I'm like, oh, I'm easy to be like, oh, I can make this work. It's fine. It should be good. And then after a while, it's like, no, no, it's not good. And then you still, luckily for me, it wasn't an, it wasn't an expensive mistake because I actually made money after I sold the car. So I was, but sometimes that cannot be reversed and you have to lose money and then you learn and it's just a whole cycle of things. And it's, it's pretty funny. So, yeah, no, that's so true, Elvis. And it's like, yeah, you don't want to get trapped into that. It's like sucking you into a vortex. Mm -hmm. And then uh, another point I, uh, one point I had was uh, organization, uh, organizing things because I have never been good at that. And it's something I'm mm. still trying to learn, but similar to what I mentioned earlier, I would take things apart. Even with this Jack, I don't, I wouldn't label them. I wouldn't, I would just like throw it and be like, I'll figure it out later. I have muscle memory. I remember where it goes. <laughs> so I feel like, yeah, so you can, you guys can speak into that a little bit because I think that's important. Yeah, we've all done that, like every single one of us. But now you'll probably see like we bag and tag everything, everything and bag the bags. <laughs> and you don't mix the stuff like it, I'll bag it specifically for that part. And then when you come back to it three, four months later, it's like, you know exactly like it can only go one way yeah so then you got to jump on it but what another thing that i see a lot of people do is very much like that it's like they get overly ambitious like ah throw it out i'm gonna get all new bolts even if you are gonna get all new bolts save if the you old still ones. bag and tag it you can just be like okay i need these i need these and you just make a list off of everything that you yeah. took off and then you're way ahead of the game but everyone just throws all the bolts away <laughs> cuts all the plugs off i'm gonna get all brand new everything yeah and you're like you never do it because yeah. even the bolts by the time you're done is going to probably cost you two grand mm-hmm. like i'm gonna get all stainless bolts it's going to be sick and you go buy three four and you're like eh, six bucks no problem <laughs> but you need like 400 a lot of them, of them. so yeah. then it gets real expensive really fast mm-hmm. yeah and for us like so many things we just refinish them 
Mm, like people oh, get crazy. Yes. Like you don't necessarily have to buy a brand new everything. So that's again like breaking it down into things that you can do. Like yep. you mess like half the stuff that we do is just like essentially cleaning it up, refinishing, and putting it back on. Mm-hmm. But everybody take oh I took the alternator off. Like oh I'm gonna buy this 200 amp yeah. chrome plated 900 alternator. You don't need that. You yeah. don't need it. And it's like you'll just bury yourself in a project like right away. Very true. I've Oh, sorry, you want to say something? No, and I think with that, it's like, just do a quick refinish on any one of those parts on your project, get it working again, and coming back to like, again, now you can drive the car and you can keep moving forward, right? If you want that fancy-ass alternator, buy it later. Yes. Well, you probably got something else that but you there's need to something buy else. <laughs> Yeah, there's something else, a higher priority item that is necessary that you'll need to get long before you need to buy a nine hundred dollar yeah. alternator, right? Yeah. So that's that's a that's a good tip. And that's a very good point. Even with like engine swaps, like LS swaps, um, I think maybe it's the Sloppy Mechanics YouTube channel or something, or one yeah. of those like LS or engine swap channels. Uh, he also said that uh, a pitfall that people always or uh, people always fall into is. Oh, I can buy similar to what you said. Oh, I can buy a shinier blah, blah 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 alternator or this or that, and it's like no, no, no. People, you don't need to spend even like on an LS. You don't need to. He's like, you don't need to spend five, ten thousand dollars on an LS. Get a junkyard one, refinish it, make it at least look nice, yeah, and use what you have. Start with what you what you have before going to get or things that you think or plan that would look nicer or. Well, yeah, and even if you're working with that, like. Again, not to keep picking on your car, it's like you can take your junkyard LS, yep. fit it, make your mounts, make your clearances, make your wiring harness, make your plumbing, have a running driving car, mm. and then swap it out for something yes. awesome. Yep, yep. And then it's like even the Evil Evo, what we're doing right now, like we started at the beginning, it's like we're not going to paint any of this stuff. We're going to cut, weld, make all the modifications that we want to do, develop all these parts, make sure they work. Then if we decide we can take it apart, finish it we make sure we don't have any points of contact we don't have any problems we don't need to make any further adjustments then we blow it apart and then all we're doing is refinishing and then we're done for good yeah where so many people get into all this stuff and then again they just bury themselves you go like we got a fifty thousand dollar motor i'm not gonna put that in and then start cutting around it like (laughs) we got a junkyard motor just specifically for doing that like let's drop this in here and away you go you're not worrying about stuff and you don't need to, yeah, you're just going to overwhelm yourself and bury mm-hmm. yourself. And it's easy to get caught up in that because we all want that cool stuff. Yeah. Like go buy a $600 set of valve covers for a $700 motor. Like <laughs> you can't do it. And it's, yeah, it's wild. And it's, we've done it like hundred percent. We've done it. Oh yeah. But at the same time, we've learned from it too. Yes. Like Rob specifically is probably one of the smartest like he's been chipping away and developing his car over the last two years before you make these big, giant, expensive changes. So true. And then once it's dialed, we're going to paint his car. We're going to get all these whizzy, fancy pieces that we've been gathering for it. And then it's done and it's finished. And that's a smart way to do it. But we all get excited and want to put all the shiny, expensive stuff on. <laughs> and we get off on some weird sidetrack. And then it's, you know. Yeah. Even with your Datsun, your Datsun I, I found it pretty cool, too, that... You have an LS motor already. It's a two, full tube chassis, 240Z. But you have uh, the LS motor there. But that's not... I don't think that's the one you're going to use, right? It's just a mock-up for building all the stuff around it? Or are you planning that, on building I mean, that, that one? That is like how Tim was just talking about. Yeah. Like that's like the 
let's build around this junkyard LS engine. That happens to be the one that I'm going to run in that car. Oh, okay. Why not? No, yeah. it's, it's an LS. Junkyard but it, it's about. awesome. Mm -hmm. And all I have to do is refinish it. But yeah. before I do any of that refinishing, before I you know, spend all that time and money, why not just fabricate around it the way it is? True. Yeah, that, that's not getting caught up in the whole other side of it either. So like his expectations and what he needs for his car is reasonable. Like yes. If he has 600 horsepower, which is easily attainable with a six liter LS, he doesn't have to worry about going by and crazy connecting rods and wild cams and spending money on shit that he doesn't need to. Mm -hmm. So he can focus on spending money on other parts, but yeah. people get... You know, like, oh, I got this and I got this and I got this. And you're like, well, you don't really need that yet. No. Mm -hmm. See, and you're doing it just for the sake of doing it. Yes. Which is another thing is like, what's wrong with just saying, hey, I have like stock bottom end. Mm. But that's the other side of it. Mm. Everybody wants to like a have a thousand horsepower. Yeah. yeah. I was funny. I was listening to, uh, I forgot what podcast I was listening to. Maybe the smoking tire, but um they were talking about uh they brought a tuner uh guy that i think he did uh, he worked for cobb now he does a bunch i think m engineering he does a mclaren's now and does a bunch of really cool stuff but he was saying people like some of the customers even though they have like a mclaren 720s that has about 700 horsepower they come in and they haven't even owned the car for a week then they're like oh i want to give it a tune on an exhaust and they're like why your car is already like rip your face off fast those are the 16 like two point and you can't drive and yes. you're, you're not tracking it so it's <laughs> unnecessary and all these yeah. different things and then even part of that same conversation because i listened to that it's like you have a porsche turbo and then they're swapping parts and doing this and that but none of those parts made a noticeable improvement yeah and in some instances actually made it worse <laughs> yeah it made it worse so again that's the thing it's like if you build it slowly and steadily and you're doing those things then you have a much smarter product at the end like yes. try it like okay why well, this is a shortcoming i need to address this specifically instead of trying to like go full race like we hear it all the time like, how come you didn't do this it's like well i don't need to do that like well that's not the purpose the car is built for mm -hmm. and it's like no matter what you do it's not going to be good enough for somebody very it's true like, why especially didn't, today why like, didn't you put this sequential transmission in it it's like well because it's seventy five thousand dollars and i don't need it yeah mm -hmm. and you're being compared to stuff like you know the hoonicorn you're like okay come our, on man our budgets, you know are the budget for the yeah. our budgets are a little bit differently and then mm -hmm. even customers in the shop they'll put stuff out i say it's like they have to go put it before the council so like if i'm doing a project for somebody it's like i want to know about that part of if that's their personality you're never going to have success oh because if they have a clear vision of what they want then it's easy to build a car because i can build to that vision but if there's like if i make a recommendation and they got to go to their friends like hey they want to do this and it's like oh no if you're spending somebody else's money yeah it's easy to say wow shit like no no i would put this in it yeah i'd put this in it like oh that's stupid why wouldn't you do this you'll never get done and we've had like simple simple decisions that can take three months to get made because wow there's people are so indecisive and everybody like you go to a friend and be like hey i want to put this part in there just like oh man i wouldn't do that i put this part <laughs> in and it's like it may be unnecessary for your project but you'll get scumbagged into never being done <laughs> ever. Yeah. yeah like you see it like we do it like not even 
you know, you'll say you want to do something. I'll do it to you. Like, why wouldn't you do this? Why wouldn't you do this? (laughs) Just do this and get it up and going and then do that. And you're like, okay, (laughs) just deflate all the hype. You're just like, oh, I was so enthusiastic, but now I'm kind of bummed. And then what? uh, another point, too, uh, is people don't need as many tools as they think, which I think is a big one. (laughs) Yeah, I think YouTube is guilty of that. And I mean, we get it too, because there's lots of things you're like, oh man, that would be awesome to have it make this so much easier. But the reality of a lot of those tools is you probably don't have the ability to use them. No. Like those tools, a lot of them that are really, really cool are an evolution for people, say, more like us. That are You've doing, already gotten to like, a certain level before. We're doing it all day, every day. So we have an understanding of metallurgy. We have an understanding of different things like welding abilities and how things work. And then we see that as either like a convenience item for us to be able to do it faster or it probably does it better but if you don't have any basis or foundation for even what that tool does then there's no point in buying it and again like everybody rushes out to harbor freight buys a whole bunch of crazy shit. and it's like we can attest to it 100 because we've tried to cheap out and buy some of those tools and those tools don't do what they're supposed to do like tim was saying most of the things that we buy especially nowadays is mostly just to sort of improve on the the workability the convenience and the speed at which we can accomplish things but there are a few things like if, if i think about one tool that we bought that i almost never use i mean real it's probably like that that attachment we bought for our angle grinder that has like a belt sander on it that you can wrap around a piece of tubing and sand with like it it like wraps around and it belt sands that sounds very cool it's a really cool tool yeah but like honestly it's it's pretty freaking unnecessary you don't need you you don't don't need need that tool (laughs) It, it doesn't it doesn't actually save that much time unless the tool is say hanging on a pegboard in behind your that you can't really that you can just grab and use but it's like not in, in, you're in our workshop, that's oh, that's okay. not that's not practical. In our workshop, I have mm. to go to a you know a cabinet, grab it, put it onto the <laughs> drill, and then use it. And then I've already lost all the time that I could have potentially gained <laughs> by using it. So that's just one little example of a tool. You don't need to have stuff like that. A little bit of elbow grease and a piece of sandpaper, and you can do the exact same yeah. thing. You can do like, amazing things with a hacksaw and a hand drill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't, 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 don't let, like, you know, not having the big fancy tools and all that stuff stop you from And a lot of that it. stuff is just straight up a waste of money. Yeah. Mm. Because, like, you go buy a Harbor Freight. I don't want to pick on them, but whatever it just is. Just a, cheap, a Auto, cheaper Auto, a cheaper Auto version. Here. Like, yeah. Yeah. you go get a bead roller because you see these guys doing all kinds of amazing oh. bead rolling things. You're never going to have that success because the thing is junk. It, it doesn't work. Oh, I almost bought one actually. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a good example. I mean, and there's a lot of tools like little shrinker stretchers because you watch it and it makes it look it so easy and effortlessly. And it is if you have a good one. Hand files. I can do amazing with a good hand file. But you go buy a $5 one and you're just, you know, you'll break your back trying to do something with it. Yeah. And it's, there's lots of things like that, like welders, all kinds of things. Like there's ranges and everything. And a lot of that stuff is just... It's not even worth buying. Mm-hmm. You're better off to go rent something for the time that you need it. Plus, it's taking away from your budget of your project. Yeah. You go buy a $3,000 welder because you got four welds to do or <laughs> four days worth of weld. You can go buy like a or go rent a quality welder for like a month for 500 bucks. Wow. Okay. You know what I mean, like, so if you, 
again, come down to project planning. You pool all your metal work together and be like, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to get to this point. You can go spend 700 bucks, rent a perfect welder, brand new. You don't got to worry about it. It's excellent. You just bang all your metal work out, return it. Instead of going and paying $2,700 for, mm -hmm. you know, maybe a decent little welder. And if you foresee using it for the rest of your life, go ahead. But maybe now's not the time to buy it because yeah. that's going to free up another $2,000 for you to do something else. And then if this becomes a repetitive thing and you have opportunity, then go buy it. That's a very smart point that you Yeah, made. and I think a lot of that kind of comes down to, like, if you're in a position where you need to even buy a welder, maybe you shouldn't be tackling that level of a project. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> In some tool places like AutoZone, um, there are some places that have tools and they allow you to rent stuff for free. Like you, for oh, example, yeah, yeah like you, like a, like a bearing tool or yeah. something, you borrow it for like a few days and they give it to you for free. You just have to return it. Obviously, they take some yeah, information budget, yeah. from you. <laughs> but like that is a, when I found that out, I was like, oh my gosh, I should not have. And I found I found this out when I had already bought the tool that I wanted. But, and then I went to go look for something. I was like, yeah, you could just take this. Like we could just give it to you for a few days and you bring it back or like- I know that was a thing. Yeah, it's so like, cool. <laughs> sometimes they make you pay, but a lot, like if it's like a store, like I know AutoZone, you could just go and rent it for a day, two days and tell them you bring it back and that's it. Maybe it was also because it was a small town, but I think they do, they do rent stuff, Yeah. so. Well, we used to do it when we first got started lots. Yeah. Like engine hoist and different specialty tools, and you go rent it for four hours for thirty five dollars, yeah. or you buy it for a thousand bucks. Yeah, like how long is it gonna? How many motors you got to pull yeah, for that thing to pay that. pull for pay for itself? So I was like, yeah. it's gonna take twenty years. Like, yeah, for us, like anytime we purchase something, we know we're gonna be using it over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So it's more of an investment at this point. But there's even some tools now. Like, I think we sold our aluminum spool gun because we had to have it at one time for a project, and then. It's just sat now i can yeah. rent one for like 25 dollars a day from our local welding supply wow company. so we sold it for a couple grand and if i need one i'll go get one mm -hmm. and that's what i think a lot of people should do and we had to learn how to do it too because when even when we're starting we're every progressive project we're buying new tools new tools new tools so we didn't even see any money until the next time because every all the profit from this went into that but if you're trying to do this at home just buying tools will kill you. But again, it's fun. Like, oh, this is a new it is. thing. It is very I'm gonna go exciting. Buy this thing, I'm going to try it. And then you're like, oh, shit, this is a lot of work. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. And you're out a few hundred or yeah. thousands of dollars. Or you try to sell it, you get half of what you paid for. It. But mm -hmm. all these things that just take, take, take away from your project is what kills you. Yeah. Plus, it's time, too. And then this is probably going to be, I don't know, maybe my final point, but if you guys have, you can share. But it's about safety. And how how important safety is, because I'm sure we've <laughs> we touched on this, on this before, yeah, a different podcast. Yes, what yeah. I just wanted to touch it because I think if like this is a mistake so many people make is just how important safety is in working or in a working in, in an environment because you only, for example, you only have two eyes. For example, that's one thing, and it's like. Th easy things like even safety glasses that I've even seen that that could save so much or your welding. And I mean, this is, I've seen Rob do it, but <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you do the whole squinty, squinty vision. You're like, uh, you're just like yeah, laying the tack. you know your limitations. <laughs> yeah. Like I know how every tool in the shop works and what part of myself that I need to protect yes. while using it. Yeah. So like 
all those different things. That's like a generalized safety kind of thing. And, yeah. But I mean, we know all the cheats. Yeah. And it all plays again into experience. If you're, if this is your first time doing it, you don't want to lose an arm or something yeah. crazy with. If you don't have these. experience with it, you should definitely just overcompensate, and then <laughs> yeah. at least you can go backwards. Yes, yeah. yes. Whereas that's if you good. undercompensate, you're yeah, that's all backwards. Yeah. yeah, you'll only get one chance. Yeah. One chance usually, <laughs> like sometimes, right? Yeah. So yeah, overcompensate and safety. That's a that's a good that's a good tip. Yes. For anybody listening, that's why all of our fingers are the proper length. Yeah. Still, I know. <laughs> minor. I mean, some of mine are a little. They're mostly all there, but they all still exist, and they all still work. So that's good. When we worked in the fab shop, you could tell people that didn't do that, and so they all got like one <laughs> short finger. Yeah. Like, like, I probably shouldn't be laughing at this. No, no. Uh, sorry, no. sorry if you lost your fingers due to a fabrication accident. <laughs> But uh, yeah, and if you want to hear more about like some injuries you can uh, uh, that we've gotten in the shop, especially you guys, you can check out one of our previous episodes that has our worst injuries that we've gotten while working on cars or even just fabricating metal or any of that stuff. So uh, that was a pretty gr gruesome episode. <laughs> that but, was a fun combo. Yeah, but it also, I mean, but that time you even had safety gear on. But imagine if you didn't have any safety gear on, like while working and you had a similar one of the accidents that we talked about in the yeah. previous video that it would have yeah i don't even know if you would have even survived or i would have even survived because no, of that so it's it's definitely something you take serious like you, do, you just don't look around with that yeah awesome so yeah long story short make a plan yeah make a good plan make a plan know exactly where you want your plan to end See where your finances align with yeah. your plan. Very important. <laughs> look so at you look at what your abilities are. Yeah. You know, be honest. In honest your, with yourself. Your abilities. Yeah. And ask questions ask too. Ask questions that's, to those I think that's that a have more really experience. important one because it is it's the resources are available online everywhere. But if you don't if if you don't have enough confidence in this stuff, you find online because sometimes it might be sketchy. Go to a person or ask. Like I'd, I'd probably get 20 questions a day, and I don't mind answering them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so, I mean, you and a lot of people that you may find intimidating, I haven't really experienced that. And it's easier just to reach out and ask, and maybe they'll ignore you, and then you move on to the next guy. Yeah. But that's a huge thing is just asking. I get it all the time, like, hey, how would you approach this? And even in the shop, it happens every day. Like, we all ask each other all the time. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. How should we accomplish this? How do you want to approach this? What's the best way to do this? And it's like, it'll put you way ahead of the game. So yeah. true. So but true. a lot of people want, they're embarrassed. <laughs> and then that will just put you even further behind. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just, you know, calm your pride. Ask some questions. If you don't know what you're doing, ask questions. Because it's a steep uh, it'll, it'll get curve. It'll get you. It'll get you a lot farther, a lot faster. Save you a lot of money and you won't make as many mistakes. Awesome. And then, yeah, just time your project. Oh, yeah, time it. <laughs> like, I mean, if you don't yeah. have all the money, you're going to have to expect that it's going to take a long gonna time. It's going to take a while, yeah. And if you have all the money, then it's almost harder because you're trying to maintain the momentum. So generally, if you don't have all the money and you don't have all the time, it's a little bit easier to manage your expectations. Yeah. Whereas the other side, if you have all the money and then now you're trying to, you know, you can mess up too. Like you're getting the wrong stuff at the wrong time. You're buying things before you need them and making bad decisions and it's that'll get wild too yeah but that's more on the business side that's why sometimes you end up with extra parts it's why like every single day like you're constantly 
online, looking up, researching new things. Because like with every single project that we do, they all evolve as you go along. Like even if you have a really, really solid plan and you know exactly where you're going and when you need to do certain things, things change, especially in today's world. Like we, we can make a solid plan. Okay, we need this exact part on this day. You could order it. And it not show up or, or, or they'll, they'll tell you, oh, nope. sorry, discontinued. <laughs> you better make a new plan. Oh, shit. and yeah. you really hope that, you know, everything about your whole project wasn't revolving around that one thing, you it, know, because that could it, throw a wrench into your plan. And then the other side of it is a lot of times I'll spend time researching, trying to find a part and you'll find you'll get married to a part that's pick a number, $200. But then you start researching and it's like this part over here will resolve and eliminate a whole bunch of steps but it's this much money so then it's time versus effort okay so then you got to start making smart decisions because we get it all the time and it's like i got this for 500 bucks but if i just do this and then i if i buy this then it'll be fine and he's like okay now you're 1100 bucks (laughs) you could have just brought the proper part for 1200 it's already on your car you're already enjoying it yeah but We've all made those mistakes when you're young because you get what you think is an opportunity. That opportunity will end up burying you. Yeah. Yeah. So I spend most of my time trying to find the best possible part that will resolve as many problems as we can. And then you offset it as to expense. Is it worth the time kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because like like, it's body kits, all kinds of parts like that. Like, sure, you got a $5,000 body kit, but it's going to cost you $15,000 to get me put it in. (laughs) Whereas I'll tell you straight to your face because I don't want to be working on this shitty body kit for Mm -hmm. three weeks. Yeah, trying to I'll be like, buy one for 15. It'll cost us five. You're going to be on the road in two weeks with a quality product. Still going to cost you 20 grand, (laughs) but you save the month and you have a better end result. Yes. So like those are always like once you have a plan, once you have a budget, then you got to start. Where am I going to save time? Where am I going to save effort and start pairing it all backwards to the point that you can make it manageable? Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep it drivable for absolutely as long as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And those choices are de- definitely related to what your skill set is too. Yes. Like if you have the skill set to be able to install a you know a five hundred dollar body kit but it costs, you know, 15 grand in labor time, you know, you better have the skills to be able to do that. But if you don't know how to do that kind of stuff, then maybe you buy the $15,000 body kit that goes and not, like have to, yeah. not have to do Save any of that work. If you don't have right? Like, I mean, and that's just it. Like, just being honest with what your abilities are and your timeline. Perfect example <laughs> of this is our daily dry sumps. These are like $10,000 dry sums for our cars. Oh, my god! And when you open the box, do you know what the instructions say? What? If you need instructions, this is not for you. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> really? It no, says that. That's so funny. <laughs> so that's like wow. very much like you got to, okay. you know, stay at your level, find parts that are within, you know, that are manageable for you. Be honest about your abilities. And then again, just make a plan and awesome. buy the stuff that you need when you need it don't buy it before you need it unless it's like you've researched is six months away like okay we got to get this on the way and then i'm going to do this mm-hmm. yeah keep it keep your keep your projects fun and moving know. keep yes. them moving keep as moving long as you possibly can yeah, like, and put your blinders on and don't get involved in too many projects at one time if you start dividing your time like that it's going to take forever for anything to be finished 
and you will wear yourself ragged. Yeah. Yeah. Even before you spend any money, I would say you have to be honest if you even have time to do a project. Time is just as valuable as money, especially for us. Like for us, time is almost more valuable than money because you can have money. You have parts. We got parts everywhere. We just don't have any time. Mm -hmm. So that you got to be honest about too. And then research what it's going to take. Like how long does this take to do? Oh, 12 hours. Okay. I got three hours a week. That's a month for me to put this on. Can I be without a car for a month? No. So you move on to something a little more manageable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this could go on forever. And yeah, I know. But <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you'll chop it up and make it make sense, but just make a plan. Yeah. Okay. With that said, thank you guys so much for watching this video. If you liked it, give it a thumbs up. If you like the podcast, rate it high. And uh, yeah, we will, I know five stars or else we'll, we'll come for you. So. We got a guy for that. Yikes. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Bye.